Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code COLIN so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. How we doing, my people? Sunday night, late, late, late night. Patrick Mahomes, overtime, leads the Chiefs to a big victory over, you know, Malik Willis through five completions, so he's got a little ways to go, but I really enjoyed that game. We'll dive into that thing off the top. Rams, Bucks, not quite as enjoyable. Uh, Pete and John Schneider, I'd say they're feeling themselves right now. Seattle Seahawks trade Russ and life's pretty good. Josh McDaniels, life ain't that good. And Brian Kelly, how about those Tigers? How about LSU? We'll dive into it all. Uh, but obviously subscribe to the podcast, three and out podcast. You listen on cowards feed, make sure you subscribe to the three and out podcast. Well's the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. I want to tell you about my friends at Turtle Box. And you know what's right around the corner? A little thing we call Christmas. You know what? We always stress around these times. What are we going to get our brother? What are we going to get our dad? What are we going to get our brother-in-law? What are we going to get people in our lives? That's where my friends at Turtle Box comes in. The loudest, most portable, and truly waterproof Bluetooth speaker in the market, baby. Ultra-long battery life, so you'll never have to worry about music dying out. I've been using it all weekend long. Pumped it in the shower earlier today. Was barbecuing last night, had it out. The Turtle Box is awesome. And now I live by it because I use it basically every day of my life. And even better, they're now offering pro and collegiate team color combinations so you can customize it in the colors of your favorite team. Bills fan, even after a loss to the Jets, no big deal. Raider fans, even after a loss to the Jags, no big deal. Get your turtle box in their colors. Packer fan, get the colors. Come on, people. Go to turtleboxaudio.com. That's turtleboxaudio.com and use the promo code John, J-O-H-N, get $20 off your first order as well as free shipping. LSU fan, you just beat Alabama, 
Get the colors. Turtle Box is sweet. I cannot recommend it enough. Again, TurtleBoxAudio.com. Enter the promo code John, that's J-O-H-N, for $20 off your first order and free shipping. TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code John. Let's roll. Okay. That Sunday night game was awesome. I mean, that was really fun. And I, I think sometimes we've obviously had an up and down season in terms of scoring and the quarterback play has not exactly been Montana, uh, Marino, Aikman. It hasn't by any means been perfect. And I think when you get a game that's that physical, that is just every yard matters, every possession feels big. I'm sorry. Call me an old school football fan. I enjoyed that. I thoroughly enjoyed watching a game where a quarterback completed five passes and came away thinking like, Titans are pretty good. They don't really have a quarterback, but I enjoy watching them. But the number one thing in this game that stood out to me, because I kept thinking like, are the Chiefs really going to lose 17-9? to Because let's face it, in that fourth quarter, late in that fourth quarter, you went, the Titans are going to beat the Chiefs with a quarterback who won't complete six Balls will not complete. They're going to go on the road and beat Kansas City with a quarterback who's not completing any passes. It's not exactly the Mac Jones, was it three pass attempts against the Bills in the windstorm? This was strictly just, we're not going to have a quarterback throw because he can't really, even though he did have a couple balls dropped on him. I I was semi-intrigued, long way for the young guy to go. But to beat the Chiefs, the team that we just watched a couple weeks ago score like 700 points against the 49ers, but it was going to happen until it didn't. Because... As we've seen over the years, not every max player in sports is the same. Kyler Murray makes $45 million. So does Patrick Mahomes. They are not equals. Patrick Mahomes, like, there isn't the adjectives describing him to Favre, to whoever you want to describe him to. He's such a unique, special player. And tonight, on that final drive in regulation... Do you know the number one thing that stood out to me when he drove them down for the game-tying touchdown and then ultimately, you know, uh, was able to get the two-point conversion, which led him to overtime, was on that drive after every completion, he had a massive run. I think it was like third and 15, picked up like 25 yards, and then he had the touchdown run. None of them did he celebrate at all. Not a smile not a scream, let's go. Not a first down sign. Not after he scored the touchdown, he put his touchdown. Do you know what he did after he scored the touchdown? Faster than the coaches on the sideline, he put up the number two because obviously they had to go for the two-point conversion. When he got the long third down run earlier in the drive, he hopped up, huffing and puffing, and ran back to the huddle. I'm sitting there on my couch thinking, this guy's clearly one of the greatest players slash athletes we've ever seen, especially at a young age. But to have that level of focus, to have that level of ability to dial in, like, you know, you see sometimes older quarterbacks do in their 30s, 15 years in. I understand being a younger quarterback in the heat of the moment. And when I say younger quarterback, guy's not 35 years old, you know? This is what, his fifth year starting? And to just be that dialed, to be that locked in, he's basically a coach on the field with the ability to do extraordinary things. I thought that last drive was one of the cooler drives out of Patrick Mahomes in a long time. And like I said, the number one thing that stood out to me, sometimes we forget 
because he makes these crazy throws. Sometimes the throws don't work. Like he'll throw it what looks like a fastball and then it'll turn into a sinker and it'll skip on a one quick screen. He grabbed the ball poorly and Collinsworth immediately was like, yeah, so I, I bet he grabbed that ball by the end of the tip and clearly he did not have a great grip on it. And the next play, he'll do like a 360 run around a guy and the Titans defense clearly pretty good. And, you know, I wouldn't call Mahomes Kyler or Lamar, but or even Josh Allen, but Jesus, the guy has instincts and just a will to win. I mean, just an absolute will to win. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you can watch Patrick Mahomes and go like, this is why I watch football. This is why on Sunday, Arizona, we don't do the uh, the spring rollback, I guess. You know, in California, you get an extra hour of sleep. They, they don't do that in these parts. So uh, it's a little late. But if I'm going to stay up, I'd have to anyway because this is what I do for a living. But if I was a fan living on the East Coast, staying up for that, like that's why you stay up. You, you know, that is why you stay up because that guy, like to me, his stats, it's kind of crazy. I didn't feel like it watching him play. He was 43 of 66 for well over 400 yards. But to me, that last drive with his legs was, I, I'm not going to say it's like the best drive of his career. He's obviously had incredible moments. That's one of the cooler Patrick Mahomes moments, though, in a while. Like, that was Sunday Night Football, you know, against a playoff-level team, just having my team refuse to lose. You know, him and Kelsey, they missed on a couple, they hit a couple, and then on that final overtime drive, clearly they were hesitant, something, who knows, you know, Andy's probably talking now, or will be as I'm recording this, but Butker, is is he still injured? What's going on there? The fate there, even the kick that ultimately won it for him. It felt like, you know, that slice turned into, or that fade turns into a slice fast, but Mahomes, man, that 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 was sweet. And then on the flip side, it, it, Mike Vrabel is really freaking good, <laughs> you know? Every single human, including myself, guilty as charged, picked the Colts to win this division. They stink. And thought the Titans were going to have somewhat of a reset year, right? Win like six, seven games, but be competitive and just kind of reset their franchise. They're not only not resetting their franchise, like, they're good. I mean, they were, they were just beating the Chiefs on the road with a third-round quarterback who, let's face it, can't really throw and doesn't really know how to play quarterback. Now, when he's doing zone read with Derrick Henry, a.k.a. Jim Brown, it's pretty awesome. Because Malik Willis starts running around, he's like, uh, you know, 2001 Donovan McNabb. He's a fucking beast. I mean, he, he's strong. He's quick. He can break tackles. But he can't really navigate the passing game. Now, it's not all his fault. They dropped a couple passes. And he's not exactly throwing to A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Ironically, the Titans did used to have A.J. Brown on their team. But to go into that environment, completely control the game. Defensively, they are so good. I mean, that defensive line is so physical. It's hard to move. They got linebackers that fly around. Their DBs all hit. I I don't know how you leave that game and go, Titans are pretty impressive. I had a buddy text me tonight, I think close to the end of regulation. He's like, you know what? I don't watch the Titans that much. I'm going to have to watch them more in the second half just because I appreciate the way they play. Like I said earlier, I don't need every one of my games to be like the Rams-Chiefs game on Monday night five years ago that was like 60 to 55. I like touchdowns as much as the next person. I enjoy watching great plays on offense. But I'm also a sucker for physical games. Games where people get destroyed on defense. 
Games where it's really, really hard to just gain first downs. Games where, you know, under 20 points might win you the game. I can handle that every once in a while. And Mike Vrabel has built a team and built a culture. Like, for all the Patriot guys that always suck, right? Uh, Josh McDaniels, and we'll get into him here in a second. Uh, Patricia, Joe Judges, that, that the whole list of guys over the years, right? If I'm Mike Vrabel, like, stop calling me a Belichick guy. I played for Belichick, but I coached for Urban Meyer. Like, I, I did not coach for Bill, right? Those guys coached for... I, I played for Bill because I was a football player in the NFL. But my team, like, you watch him, all the Bill guys, Bill's team historically have kind of looked like Vrabel's. If anything, like, compare me to Bill, you know? Like, I, I'm a high-level coach. I'm a complete ass-kicker. I'm not his other little minions because, one, I never worked for him that way. And two, my teams are good because we're watching his team going, who's he really playing with offensively? I mean, he's got Derrick Henry, who's awesome. But my mother sitting on her couch in Davis, California, she's watching the game. She was locked in. She texted me after Brady had that incredible drive. Like, what an awesome job by Brady. Now go Patrick Mahomes. She's a big fan. Knows that Derrick Henry's getting the ball. So it, we all know it, and it still can't stop it. And Vrabel's kind of built this squad of, we're going to play physical defense, especially up front, and we're going to run the ball down your throat. And without Tannehill, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but I mean, he's a better quarterback than Malik Willis. We don't have a quarterback who we believe can complete passes. And we are going to compete to win with one of the best teams in the league. Because maybe we are one of the best teams in the league. And they're 5-3, and three, their division, I mean... The Jags, the Colts, obviously the Texans are done. So, I mean, Vrabel's going to go to the playoffs again. Guy's just a stud. I mean, he he, he really is. I mean, my takeaway, what I thought for, before Patrick Mahomes tur- pulled that drive, like Tennessee Titans really went on the road and beat the Chiefs. How, how is that like one of the more impressive wins in recent memory? Uh, now, it didn't turn out that way, but again, thoroughly enjoyed that game. <laughs> A game I did not thoroughly enjoy. And I was going back and forth between this one and Seattle and Arizona. But, I mean, in terms of re- you know name recognition, Tom Brady, defending champs, Rams-Bucks was, you know, probably when the season started, one of the bigger games on paper. That was terrible football today. I mean, that, that was, if Sunday night was a very easy game to consume on your couch and just enjoy the sport... Rams Bucks was one that made you question like, is this the stuff that 25 million people watch? Because I'll promise you, there are going to be 22 to 25 million people that watched that game on Fox. That was bad. I mean, that, that I guess it might have been on CBS. That was a terrible product. Offensively, both teams just look anemic. Like, my main takeaway from Rams Bucks, neither team is very good. Ne- neither team is good at all, actually. My take was like, these are two non-playoff teams. Now, the Bucks, we'll start with them, uh, who clearly the Brady divorce now, things all finalized. Like, it's pretty clear. <clears throat> I'm not saying Tom Brady's checked out, but his mind's in a lot of different places, which is very understandable. Anytime you're getting a major divorce that's very public, any human being would struggle to focus. And it just, watching him play, he just looks off. Now, you could argue they they are the worst running team. I think they said on broadcast, like, history of the league. I mean, they are terrible. They don't have any running backs that historically Brady likes. Like, most Brady, he, he has had guys like 
Leonard Fournette, right? He played with LeGarrette Blunt, but he also always has the little guy, you know, to throw wheel routes to that just gives him a lot of breathers, like easy layups. And to me, clearly the, the rest of the passing game, you just watch it and you're like, this does not work. Now, he pulled off an old school, I'm the GOAT, Tom Brady drive. And just that moment, like those, I, when do they get the ball back? Like less than a minute. That moment of the day and just of that individual game was enjoyable. That was fun to watch Brady drive him down the field, old school, score basically a game-winning touchdown. But other than that, like I, not once did I go, yeah, I think the Bucs got it figured out. If anything, I was the complete opposite. I'd be like, I'd bury both these two teams. Even when I thought the Rams were going to win, I was like, that's a terrible win. You look terrible as well. And I, I just, I don't know how anyone watched that game start to finish and went, fantastic football game. That, that was enjoyable to watch Tom. And let's flip to the Rams, Matt Stafford play football. Because at the end of the day, the Bucs are going to benefit from playing in a division that stinks. The Rams are in a little trouble now. They're three and five. And as a lot of people told me on Elon's app that, uh, that the 49ers were three and five last year and they ended up making the NFC Championship game. That is true. But to me, there's a major difference here. The 49ers, when they went on their big run to get back in the mix and win a bunch of games in the second half, kind of unlocked something that they didn't have before. And it was Debo Samuel basically playing running back. The Rams don't have like any curveballs to throw. Like They've thrown their pitches. They literally throw it to Cooper Cup all the time. Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. He's awesome. They can't block anybody. But you know what their main issue is? And I'm, I've always been a fan of this guy, and I've defended him, and I disagree. Like I know Richard Sherman is not a big fan of Stafford, and I, I've always just, you know, I, I push back on some of his thoughts. He's been adamant this year. I'll say this. You watch Matt Stafford. He does not look good. Now, you know, he didn't practice at all in the offseason. He obviously didn't play in training camp because he's got the baseball shoulder elbow thing going. He looks terrible. Like, I mean, you just watch him. You go, this is not... Like, he is missing throws by seven, eight yards. There, there's some deep balls that the dude is at like, let's just pick a, line, a yard line, the 30-yard line, running, even if he's open. And the ball lands on like the 21. Like, it's not even fucking close. And on the Sunday night game, like, occasionally you're going to miss some guys, right? You get flustered in the pocket. Someone hits your arm. Like, things happen. He has plays that are, you know unencumbered in the pocket that it's not even close. Like Matt, they are paying you. They doubled down on you, giving you $45 million and you are not even close to being a top 10 quarterback right now. They have a lot of issues. They can't run the ball. Uh, Their depth on their team is not as good, but to me, their main issue, he has been a below average player for a lot of the season. And today I, I thought he was pitiful. Like what Brady had on that final drive you know, and clearly you probably saw the video of Brady like being fired up in the podium after the game, and he should be. Because that, you know, he's going through a lot of stuff, have a game-winning drive. Hell, that could be the last game-winning drive of his career. You, you just never know. Like, I don't even feel like Matt Stafford has that in the bag right now. And here's the other thing. And I, I love, I like Peter Schrager a lot. I was going to say love, but, you know, we try to hold love to just your immediate family members. I like Peter Schrager a lot. I know he's buddies with McVay. And he's not alone on this. A lot of Albert Breer, who I also like. A lot of these, these are NFL reporters that some of the rare ones that I like a lot and I consume all their shit. They always talk about McVay. His career is not going to go super long. Like he's going to go to TV. And I just, 
I'm a little McVeigh fatigued, and I'm not necessarily blaming Sean, but like every single year, are we going to talk like, well, Sean might just call it quits after this season because that's that's going to start here in the next couple weeks. It's like, well, Sean, you know, he doesn't want to get burned out. It's like, Sean, listen, you're making fifteen plus million dollars a year. If you want to quit, just quit at the end of the season. But I can't go for the next three years every single basically before Thanksgiving. Well, is this the year McVeigh goes to television? It's like you're 36, 37 years old. If you want to go to TV, you know what Sean Payton did? No one ever talked about him quitting. No one ever talked about anything. And then the season ended and he's just like, yeah, I I need a year off. Just kind of happened out of the blue. Then he went to television. And there's already a bunch of talk like Sean Payton already wants to come back. Like, listen, I've worked in the NFL for a short period of time and then I left. I've never gone back. And I'm not comparing myself to Sean McVay or whatever. I understand having different aspirations and different thoughts. But it feels like we are going to constantly talk about the... And I, I have no problem if I am Sean... If like I was friends with Sean McVay or even putting myself in Sean McVay's shoes that like TV is an easier life. He doesn't even have children yet. He just got married. I, hell, I don't... To my knowledge, I mean, I follow his wife on Instagram. She ain't pregnant or anything. It's like, well, he's going to need more time to spend with his kids. Yeah, there are a lot of coaches with kids. You know, like, welcome to life. And if he wants to go to television, that's fine. I just can't take moving forward. And and I don't expect him to like quit after this year, even if they go, you know, six and eleven. But I I just can already see it coming. Next year it's going to be a thing. Then the following year, if he comes back, it's going to be a thing. It's like this year, Sean McVay goes to television. It's like fucking a, you know. It's like Jesus. Most coaches that are getting paid a premium through the good times, and he's had a lot of good times and the bad times, just coach football. Now. I understand he's younger. He's already had a lot of success. He's already won a Super Bowl. And famously, John Madden once pulled it. And I think Sean McVay would be good on television. Because as we all know, most guys on television are terrible. So I'm not even rooting for Sean McVay not to go to television. I just can't take the story. I already feel like exhausted with it. And I know it's coming. And it hit me today like, I respect the way Sean Payton did it. Because I watch Sean Payton when he goes on with Coward, when he's on... You know, just TV or I see his clips. I'm like, Sean Payton's good. Like, Sean Payton is... And I get why he did it, right? Just quit. Like, Urban Meyer. I'm, I'm watching TV the other day. Like, Urban, are you that big of an egomaniac? You couldn't just take a year off? You, you, you had one of the most embarrassing 12-week stretches in NFL history. And you just ran right back to television like nothing happened. And I don't blame him. Like, no one around him. Everyone's like, oh, come back, Urban. But it's like, it's, it's like you couldn't just take a deep breath. I, I was watching television day with Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's on NBC, right? On the pregame. It's like, Jason Garrett, you played in the NFL, and then you coached in the NFL, and you made a ton of money, and then you go to go back to be an offensive coordinator, and you get fired. You can't just take like a deep breath and take a year off. Like You have to just go to NBC. No one wants to see you talk about football and do your fake smile. You're, you're probably a nice guy, and I, I think you, I, I have nothing against you personally. Just when I turn on my television and see Jason Garrett and Tony Dungy, I'm like, who's asking for this? Who is asking for these two individuals? I don't want to watch them. I, I'd watch anyone else beside these two guys. But and that's what I, I, Sean McVay would be good at it. But the reason Jason Garrett's there is because no one wants him to coach. Sean McVay, if he ever did like leave the Rams, every team in the league, you know, or you know, obviously twenty plus teams would be all over the guy. He's just gonna be the next John Madden. I don't know, but I'm, I'm exhausted by it. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. 
FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You got to give credit to, to, to the dudes in Seattle because I don't know if we can call it a win. We're only halfway through. But I don't see how Seattle loses the trade. Like, I think it's impossible for them to lose, right? Like, Denver is, like, they don't control, like, if Russ ever gets it back or not. But just in their vacuum, they made the trade. They got an incredible amount of draft capital. They got an incredible amount of, you know, we run the team again. We don't have this egomaniac that pretends to be this, like, great teammate, but clearly no one actually likes him. We got to run everything through the guy. And then when things go well, he gets all the credit. And then when things go shitty, everyone calls us the village idiots. And it turns out Pete Carroll's pretty good. Turns out John Schneider's not bad either. Because they flipped Russell Wilson and they've turned all these draft picks into sweet players. And you watch Seattle play today. And they feel, and here's what the reality is with Pete Carroll. When he has a good running back in since once the internet started humming in the early 2000s, he kicks ass. 
At USC, he had Reggie Bush and Lindo White. They dominated. He gets to Seattle. He makes one of the great underrated trades that we don't talk about enough for Marshawn Lynch in Buffalo. I think they traded him for a fourth-round pick. Marshawn Lynch helped change the franchise. I mean, he was their offense. And now he has Kenneth Walker, who... I'm not trying to anoint Kenneth Walker, but I saw a couple runs a day. I'm like, he kind of reminds me of LaDainian Tomlinson. Kenneth Walker, I feel pretty confident he's a top five running back right now. They obviously, both their starting tackles were, are rookies. And one of them came from the Denver pick. So, John Schneider, like, you watch the Arizona Cardinals. Just an unmitigated, consistent disaster. They, they're parts of every game they play in. It's like, do they even want to be here? Do they even care? And then they'll have some moments because they have talent where they get back in the game. But overall, it's just a poorly coached, poorly run, and just an underachieving team. Seattle's the complete opposite. You go, it feels like everyone's pulling on the same string. Every guy's playing fast. Every guy's playing his balls off. And then you're watching, you go, God, they actually got some talent too. You know, add Kenneth Walker to go with DK and Lockett. Defensively, they got guys flying around. It's like, well, actually, they don't miss Bobby Wagner. And listen, did did the Pete Carroll and John handle Bobby Wagner's situation correctly? Clearly not. Because when a guy uh, plays for you as long as Bobby Wagner did, there's probably... Th- the right way is you contact him before you ever cut him. Right? It, it's very black and white. But like, do they miss him? Because I watch him and go, no, they don't. And I would say most of the guys that they've gotten rid of over the years, they were right. And you could argue there's a chance... They have never been more right in selling Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Because you watched that game today, and I watched a lot of it. It feels like John and Pete fleece the Denver Broncos. And like I said, I you know, t- you got it takes a little more time to truly evaluate a trade, but I don't see how they lose the trade. Uh, and really quick, Josh McDaniels, there was a stat going around the interweb today. That from 1960, <clears throat> I think that was the first year the Raiders came into existence, till 2021. So that was last year's team. That's, you know, you do the math. 61 years. The the Oakland slash Vegas slash LA, they, they move a lot. They're nomads. Uh, have blown a 17-point lead over that period of time. And as we all know, <laughs> Raiders have had a lot of bad teams. Five times in the history of the franchise. Five times that they've blown a 17-point or bigger lead. In 2022, under Josh McDaniels, who, listen, I'm going to take an L on this one. I thought Josh McDaniels, I don't know if that would be like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or something, but I thought he'd be a pretty good coach. He has blown 17-point leads three times. It's November 6th. It crossed my mind today, watching the Raiders blow the game to the Jags, and then, you know, Derek Carr gets sacked and almost throw picks in the game end. Are we sure that he's going to make it to year two? Because, and I think sometimes when people get really mad at coaches, especially new coaches, like, you got to give them a deep breath. Right? Like, Brian Dayball is a good example. Things go so well, everyone's thinking, like, extend them. Like, no, you, you got to let everything play out. But Robert Saul is probably a better example, right? Robert Saul last year, it was pretty ugly. Hell, I was like, is this guy, we know what he's doing? Clearly, Robert Sala, pretty good coach. You know, don't, don't sleep on uh, the ball defensive coordinator. Robert Sala is kicking ass with the Jets. We'll get into them on Tuesday's show. 
But the Josh McDaniels thing, like he's different than like Brian Dayball and Robert Sala, for example, had never been coaches, right? They'd never been coaches. This guy had been a head coach before. And then he gets his opportunity after waiting forever. It's like, now he's equipped. And then he gets a good team. He gets a team full of sweet players who then trades for Devontae Adams. And they just go back-to-back games, losing to the Saints, and then losing to the fucking Jaguars when they were up 17 points? How is that possible? And I, I, I do think the question of going, does this is this guy a one-and-done coach, is, is more valid now. And I, and I think anyone that's asking that question, whether you're a fan, any podcast shows, friend, you're talking to your friend, I don't think it's crazy talk. Now, I don't know if he gets fired. I'm not saying Mark Davis is going to fire him, or even should. But I do wonder if you're the owner, you got to be like, did I make a royal mistake? I mean, I fired this interim coach who the team loved, who the team played so hard. You know, part of the thing they hung their hat on last year was effort. Like, energy and effort. Isn't that something you learn in, like, junior high sports? That if you just play hard, you're going to be able to compete with, like, 80% of the teams you play in any sport, right? Basketball. It's hard to play hard in baseball, but in basketball and football, if you just play hard, you could be competitive. Now, once you get to the highest of levels on given plays, you you got to have the talent stuff. But in the NFL, we got pros, you got pros. If I just play hard 99% of the time, like, I'm going to win a lot of games. Travis Etienne said, we just wanted it more. That's what he said after the game. <laughs> it's like, the Raiders, are they just tapping out on this guy? Like, do the players not believe in the coach? And is there just a chance, like, is Josh McDaniels just the best version of all time of this guy is just the best number two ever? That, that's what he's meant to do, just be an offensive coordinator. Because his stint so far with the Raiders is just an epic I mean, the, the the building is on fire right now. It is. It's it's not a dumpster fire. It's like the the side of the building's on fire. Two and six, two and six. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Two and six with everyone back, and they added Devonte Adams. That's insane. And, and last but not least, a lot of people crush this guy because, like, in the NFL, whether you're an asshole, good guy, like ultimately, like Andy Reid, Pete Carroll. Happy, good guys, Belichick, right, kind of dick. No, no one cares. Like, you just win. It's all about winning. Like, do you win divisions? Do you win playoff games? In college, because you're, like, influencing young guys and recruiting who you are as a person, we really, like, overanalyze and talk about it a lot, right? We're like, you know, Lincoln Riley, good young guy. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh, nut job, nut job. Uh, Saban can be a dick, hard to work for. Urban Meyer, fraud. Brian Kelly, I think we all, like, universally, it was kind of out there. Winner, all he does is win. Major a-hole. And it was like, you know, is he going to go to LSU? Does the funny voice? How's this thing going to work? It ain't just working. The guy's kicking ass and taking names. And the SEC, to me, is the most like the NFL. They don't give a shit. (laughs) You know, good guy, bad guy, happy guy, negative guy. If you win, you beat Nick Saban. You get Jaden Daniels from Arizona State, and you beat Nick Saban. Did that? Did I really just witness that on Saturday night? That is insane. And then after the game, I, I follow LSU on Instagram, and Brian's like talking to the team, and one of his players goes, "This is why you came here," 
And Brian Kelly looked at him. The whole team's looking at him, and he goes, hell yes, it is. And that moment was like, the reason he left Notre Dame, there, there was, till his dying days, he would never, ever in a million fucking years been able to beat Alabama at Notre Dame. It was never going to happen. And he goes to LSU. They just have way more talent. And he will get more talent moving forward. Because he is a championship level coach. right At the highest of high levels. Saban, Kirby, what Urban was, Dabo. You know, but you need the high-end players to win a championship. And I think he realized, because it was kind of crazy when he made the jump. But he could never win a national championship in Notre Dame. And I think he clearly knew that because he had a front row seat there for a decade. And this guy's going to win a national championship at LSU. Or definitely like be in the position to win it. I, I, I think Jimbo Fisher might be one of the all-time frauds. <laughs> and we all thought he could compete right once he started building these recruiting classes and getting all this money at Texas A&M. That's probably not going to happen. Jimbo just sucks. Brian Kelly's the problem. And listen, I mean, Nick lost in overtime. Think about Nick's losses this year. Shows you how high his standards are. Two on the road to Tennessee and LSU. One by a walk-off field goal and a crazy last, you know, 30-second drive and, uh, you know, a walk-off touchdown in overtime. <laughs> you know, it's just Nick Saban. It's not like people are acting like, Bama! No, they're fine. They're, they're right there. Uh, but I think Brian Kelly's officially a problem. And I think he proved pretty quickly. I think we all have to be a little shocked how fast it worked that he's going to be a major, major problem for everyone in the country. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.